When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Lats Factor Podcast. What is up, college lacrosse fans? You're watching another episode of the Lax Factor Podcast. Technically, this is going to be the first episode of the new season here. What are we at? Season four. I took a definite hiatus. We will get into why, and it's not a very good uh, good excuse, but we'll talk about that a little bit here. And I want to ease into uh, this first episode by talking about something near and dear to my heart, and that is the transfer hall that my Syracuse Orange brought in here. They, they definitely won the transfer portal and some here this year. I'm not sure who's close. We'll talk about teams that are close after I talk about what Syracuse brought in. Uh, and we will, uh, that's that's pretty much it. We're going to talk about the, I think there's what, six transfers I've got to you know whip into here. As always, you can go to laxfactor.com. Support us that way. Now you can get mugs and crap like that, beer. Uh, actually, it's a, a nice little beer glass. You can stay hydrated while enjoying the show. You can watch all our videos there. You can get t-shirts, swag, all sorts of crap. So you can go to laxfactor.com. Otherwise, just like, subscribe, share this video, like it, find us everywhere we appear uh, on social media. We are on YouTube, obviously, if you're watching here. Spotify is the second best place to watch or listen to the show because you can both watch and listen to it on Spotify, Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook, and the dreaded TikTok. We're, we're at a, all those places. So if you happen to to um, you know, venture into any of those apps, be sure to seek us out, seek me out, and uh, like the show there and follow us there as well. But I'm going to shut up here, and we're going to get into this here. No mistake, uh, no mistaking, Syracuse absolutely killed the transfer porter. I, portal, murdered it here. And the guy that I think I'm the most excited about, the guy that I've heard early on here so far in the fall, could be the best player on the field, period, is uh, Jake Stevens, midfield transfer out of Princeton. They also pick up Sam English out of Princeton, another midi, another really good midi. But I want to talk about Stevens first. He is legitimately as complete of a player as you're going to see running around playing lacrosse, uh, college lacrosse in 2024. The dude can do it all. He can finish. Like he, He's kind of pegged as a two-way midfielder. So when you hear two-way midfielder, you don't think that the dude's actually uh, would be a killer offensively. But when you look at Stevens' numbers from last season, 2023, and actually here, I'll show you instead of just reading it off to you here if we get to his career stats you look at this 24 goals five helpers 29 points the dude shot 41.4 percent from the field which is incredible 35 gbs last season he was used a lot more offensively and a lot less as a kind of two-way utility player just because of his value offensively uh only four turnovers four cause turnovers so it's kind of a, a wash there eight man up goals the dude was an absolute killer last season for Princeton. That's over 15 games. <coughs> Excuse me. 
2022, 16 games played, 22 goals, two assists, 24 points, 38.6% shooting. You, you get the idea here. This dude's a killer. Offensively, he's, you know, he's a Canadian and he's got a lot of box experience. He's going to play really good off ball. He's, he's incredible uh, in, in and around the crease area, high crease area. The guy can finish with the best of them all over. He can dodge, though, too, so it's not just like he's an off-ball Canadian finisher, which is what you kind of think of when you hear Canadian automatically as a dude who's just a finisher. But, I mean, he can dodge as well as any midfielder in the country, create his own shot, uh, create for teammates, but he is primarily going to be a goal hawk on the uh, offensive side of the ball. Uh, as a wing, I don't know that he'll end up playing on the wing in terms of faceoffs. I believe he probably will for Syracuse this year simply because they had so much depth everywhere else. So I would assume that in his last collegiate season that they may just want to, hey, let's just brutalize this poor dude and let's put him everywhere. And that's really how I would like to see him used is use him on the wing. Uh, he can play. He can get stuck on defense and still play pretty good defense, probably one of the better short stick D-mids on the roster overall if he got stuck in that position. But I don't know how much you're going to see him used there because Syracuse does have some decent uh, short stick D-mid depth, and I don't think they'll really need him in that capacity. But if he ends up playing on the wing. I've heard they have some other promising guys that are playing uh, the short stick wing on the faceoffs as well. So let, once again, they may not need to wear him out there, but uh, if he was called upon to do that, one of the best in the country, uh, very capable in that way. And over his career, I mean, the dude's got 58 goals, 11 assists, 69 points, has shot 38.4% over the course of his career. So just too many good things to say about Jake Stevens. He's a veteran leader. He's tough as nails, big brain guy, you know, coming out of Princeton here. So that is an absolute just monster of a pickup for Syracuse right off the bat. And I think what, what I've heard kind of uh, in the, the, the best place to get Syracuse lacrosse news, there's a forum, I forget what it's called, uh, Cuse fan or Syracuse fan or or whatever, absolutely the best place to poach information from. Uh, and from what people are chirping and chattering about in there is that he's, thus far he's been the best player on the field for Syracuse. And I'd, I'd expect that. You, you know, yes, we have a Joey Spolina, but you cannot, you know, you can't, make up for experience and Stevens has experience, intelligence, athleticism in spades uh, and then playing that midfield position and then putting himself in a position where he's great between the boxes as well. He's going to be hugely important. He's going to touch the ball a lot and I, I just couldn't be more excited to have him. And then it goes from there and it just keeps getting better. Uh, I'm not going to talk about English yet. We're going to move on first to Christian Moulet from Lehigh. This, when I first heard about this pickup, I was extremely excited because he he will gel right off the bat. I figured he would gel perfectly with Hiltz and Spalina on attack. I didn't like the way Spalina was used last season in the sense that I felt like he would have been a little bit more valuable up on that right wing. They needed him at X last, se uh, last season. This season, I think that you'll see Moulet play X a little bit more. I mean, him and Spalina will be interchangeable in that way, but I think you'll see Spalina play the wing most likely. You'll see Moulet play at X, and uh, he, can, he can get it done in numerous ways here. If we look at his stats, last season he was primarily called upon to kind of feed. He goes for 29 goals and 44 helpers last season, but if you look at his career before leading into last season, he was traditionally goal-scoring first, kind of a 2-1 to one ratio, 31 and 14 in 2021, 33 and 11 in 2022. Excellent shooter, 36.6% shooting over the course of his career turns the ball over a little bit but he'll pick up some gbs and scrap uh and he'll ride here and there i think you'll see him ride a little bit more 
uh, this year with Cuse and this crazy, you know, like Spelina and Hiltz aren't the most athletic attackmen in terms of their foot speed, but both of them are intelligent enough to be in the right spot. And I think that Moulet, he's got some foot speed. He's a little, you know, kind of a jitterbug type dude. So I think that, that they should have a pretty scrappy, tough riding unit here. And I think that he may, you may see him play a little bit more in that capacity, maybe take some more balls away here. So if he could take seven, you know, six balls away from the defenses they're trying to clear over the course of the season. That would be incredible. But a huge pickup because he's going to allow Hiltz and Spelina to do what they do best, which is kind of let the game come to them, uh, act as dodgers off of someone else's initiate, you know, uh, uh, first dodge. And I, I think that they, they leaned on Spelina a little bit too much last year as a dodger simply because he was kind of the best dodger on the attackman until – uh, what's his nuts uh, came in and played well and started carrying the ball well. Um, but I think Moulet is going to be that guy. I think that that's what they need. And the fact that he's a true two, uh, 50-50 guy, whether he, he can both feed and score at equal rates, uh, so he'll be able to take what the game gives him. Uh, but I think that you're going to see his assist numbers be pretty high here with Hiltz and Spelina both flanking him. And I'll be happy to see Spelina spend more time out front of the cage, goal line extended and above versus behind, because I think Moulet can eat a lot of that time. So I think he's been hurt so far in the fall, so I don't think we've seen a lot of action out of him. I could be wrong on that. Um, but uh, either way, it's uh, just an absolute huge pickup, but not only just a veteran, uh, but a high quality player that's going to be able to put up some points right away uh, could even lead the attack in scoring. I think he's legitimately that good. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how he does. Another player that we should be extremely excited about, Sam English, midfielder out of Princeton again here. Now, English only played nine games last year, didn't play his first collegiate season uh, until he was a junior because of COVID and then... Um, uh, the Ivy didn't play the year after, so both of those were because of COVID. So he didn't even play his first season until he was a junior. That was in 2022, his full season. 2022, though, 30 goals, 18 helpers, 48 points, 34.5% shooting. Over his career, like I said, not a lot of games. I think he's played somewhere in the area of 25 to like 28 collegiate games. He may have gotten up to five in that COVID season. So we, we might even be up to 30 uh, collegiate games, but 38 goals, 32 helpers, 30% shooting, uh, 43 GBs to turnover ratios about even with the, the 12 um, caused turnovers as well. So Sam English, a very, I didn't even show you his stats. Very good lacrosse player. Once again, another Canadian, I believe, right? Canadian from Culver Military Academy of all places here. So I don't know exactly how these lines are going to shake up, but I would assume we may very well see a, an all-Canadian first midfield line because I think that Thompson's going to be the other first-team midfielder. He played really well last year. Uh, you know, at the midfield, put up a bunch of points, and the fact that these guys are, you know, fellow Canadians, I think that you're going to see them, you know, just a ton of pick slip. Uh, game and things like that. They'll work well with the attackman overall, um, but it'll be crazy to see Thompson, English, and um, Stevens all run in midfield because it's going it's going to be one of the best first midfield units overall. Uh, I think that will that you're going to see anywhere in the country. There's going to be other teams that are going to have units that'll be close, but it, if I don't, if you're a Syracuse fan, you should be very excited about the prospects. And it's not just that first midfield that's going to be formidable. If you recall, they had a bunch of uh, Leo. There's a bunch of guys that that did really well last year as young guys, and I presume they'll get bumped to second midfield. But that you'll see those two midfields play pretty equal time because those guys deserved it. It's just, you know, English and, and um, 
Stevens are monsters, and I think Thompson was, you know, uh, being him being Canadian is going to lend himself well to playing with that unit, I think, overall. Uh, so just crazy. And now one of the things that Syracuse ate shit on, and they ate shit terribly last year, uh, when it came to face-offs, just one of the worst face-off units in the country, the worst face-off unit I've ever seen Syracuse put out on the field overall as a, you know, in, in my life of watching them. It was just an absolute travesty, and it was crazy to have a team that was it, that played as well as they did. The defense battled injuries, but still played pretty formidable considering what happened, considering all the young guys that were playing. It was that face-off unit that really killed Cuse and, and cost them a couple of games for sure, and it, may, it could have made the difference between them making the playoffs and not making the tournament here come by the end, but they pick up Cone, Mason Cone from Tufts. He was the, uh, uh, I believe he's the FOGO of the year. He was was a first-team All-American last year at the Division Three level for Tufts. He won 71.6% of his draws last season, 255 face-offs, one overall, 184 GBs, seven goals, three helpers, 10 points, not too bad either. Now, that's a huge pickup. But I, that one for me by itself doesn't doesn't fix the faceoff problem. I think that the reason I'm more optimistic that we're going to win more faceoffs, he could certainly play part in that. But I, I I've heard that both of they, they've got an, a, another faceoff guy, I believe a freshman that's in that they're really hyped on, I believe as well. Um, what I'm more excited about is the addition of a guy like Stevens, and if he does end up t- playing the wing, we have then we have an experienced wing player that's tough. That if he picks that ground ball up, is going to be a danger off the draw every time on the offensive end immediately in terms of transition. But I'm also really excited about the addition of Steven Schmidt here, and I've heard a lot of people talk about Wright because Matt Wright from North Carolina, he's kind of the big. ACC name here, but when you look at what Steven Schmidt did last season for Mount St. Mary's, he uh, Connor Beals was Mount St. Mary's Fogo last year. He won 65.1% of his draws, and Schmidt played into that. We look at his stats last year. Nine goals, four helpers as an LSM, 13 points, shot 33%. That's not too bad for a long stick either. 97 ground balls, just four turnovers. A dude that picks the ball up 97 times and only has four turnovers. That's a quality LSM. 29 cause turnovers. So Syracuse has LSM talent already. Sam Alexo last year was was it was incredible. He played down low a little bit uh, as well. So I've heard people talk about what will they do? Like will Alexo maybe play close? I don't know. I think you're still going to see Alexo play the wing, but the the depth that Schmidt adds to that wing specifically kind of in faceoff play as a ground ball hawk, I think that's going to go a long ways in transition. The you know, obviously Gate and uh, we're trying to get back to that old run and gun Syracuse mentality and having a pole that can put points up like Alexo did for Syracuse last year. I think Alexo is one of the best LSMs in the country. I'm a little biased, but so we add um, Schmidt to the mix here. Very good. His career, 12 goals, six helpers, uh, 18 points, 171 ground balls, nine turnovers to 64 cause turnover. So huge pickup. And I think he's going to factor heavily in, you know, Syracuse having more success at the faceoff dot than they did last year because it was just absolutely terrible. And then the other guy here that I want to talk about, Matt Wright, LSM from North Carolina, uh, UNC. It sounds funny calling them North Carolina because I don't normally do that. Um, Another big pickup. You know, it's just adding quality depth on the defensive side, and that was what Syracuse was lacking. Now, I think what's going to be huge for the Syracuse defense this year is the addition of these two guys specifically, mixed with the fact that we had guys hurt last year, so a lot of the young guys had to play. 
And uh, so I think that all of that inexperienced, all those inexperienced players from last year play. I think they kind of overshot what people would have expected them to do in terms of how well they played defensively, considering they were eating shit in terms of that possession battle every single game. So adding Wright, adding Schmidt to the mix, adding a guy like Stevens, uh, Jake Titus, uh, a short stick D mid transferred what D three transfer out of Union, uh, just adding depth to that 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 um, short stick D mid. Uh, thing and then we got young guys. I'm not even getting into talking about the young guys and the incoming players and the incoming freshmen. Uh, and I and I also another guy I didn't talk about in terms of a transfer is the OCC transfer. Um, but I'm not sure. Just offensively, they're so loaded offensively. I'm not sure how that's going to end up working out in terms of how they're going to distribute that playing time because those three attackmen, Moulet, Spalina, and Hiltz, have to play all the time. Stevens, English, they have to be on the field offensively between those first and two midfield lines, I believe. And then you got the, all the guys back from last year as well. So I'm not sure how much time and how they're going to divvy this up. They, you know, You can only really play six midfielders offensively overall three attackmen usually you could work a fourth attackman in and you could even work a fourth uh attackman and maybe a fifth midfielder in or a seventh midfielder in uh for man up situations and things like that but you just look at that man up offense for Syracuse last year I believe everybody's back and Jake Stevens is an absolute killer on man up Moulet's not bad himself on man up so too many balls to go around here um overall uh, I do know that is what she said in fact um you know so we'll we'll you know, what are we going to do? I'm going to talk about that a lot more in depth here. I was super rusty, but we're just going to one take this anyway and put this out as it is. I don't think I even remembered to talk about why I took the break. <coughs> Sorry, I got a little bit of a cough here. Uh, the whole reason I took the break over the summer was because I got addicted to golf. Um, I got addicted to golf badly and I ended up golfing, you know, two, usually two, two times a week this week. For instance, I went four times. Um, went out four times, and it, it, I ha- I don't have a lot of free time. So I usually podcast in a lot of my free time over the summer. This year, all of my free time was devoted to golf, hitting the driving range, all that crap. So, yeah, I don't even have a great reason. You know, I didn't have terrible health problems. I actually felt great all summer. Uh, so it wasn't health problems. It wasn't even work. It was really just golf kept me away from podcasting. And, I, you know, I don't think that's a bad thing. I mostly only want to talk about college across the PLL. I barely watch it. It still hasn't, I haven't caught the PLL bug yet. So I think it was good that I took the summer off, uh, got fresh here. I'm a little rusty, but we'll get that form back here overall. And, uh, um, I saw, uh, Chris Hubbard yesterday at the golf course and he was, he's uh, a guy, uh, local, you know, from went to my high school, went to my high school. I think I might've actually even coached him at one point when he was younger. He's a little bit younger than me, not much. Um, but I saw him at the golf course yesterday. I actually golfed the best round of my life. My goal was to get under 50 for a round of nine because I stink. I'm not good at golf. Uh, so my goal this summer was to get under 50. And I, I actually wasn't sure if I'd even be able to pull that off because I'm that bad. Um, but I actually did get under 50 earlier in the summer. Uh, I actually golfed uh, a 98 over 18, over uh, 18 holes. I actually just golfed a 45 yesterday. Uh, so I ran into Hubbard. So Hubbard, if you're listening to this, I hit the I hit the ball well yesterday. I wasn't sure I was going to do that. So yeah, I, hit, I ended up with a 45, and that is being very critical of myself. I'm not like a hey, I golfed alone and golfed a 45 because <clears throat> no one saw me put it into the woods. You know, I'm taking every penalty stroke that I deserve, uh, and I score myself very honestly. I promise. Um, so yeah, so I broke 45. Now the new thing, I need to break 90. Uh, uh, over the course of 18 holes. We'll see if I can do that. And then I think that puts me in a, in a place where I'm not an embarrassment of a golfer. 
I think I think even between ninety and hundred, I'm not an absolute embarrassment. But you know, I still hit a lot of those terrible, terrible shots, chunks, shanks. You know, I, I, I'm not. Those are just going to happen. Uh, and actually, after I broke fifty for the first time, I golfed a forty-seven. Uh, on nine, the next time I went out and golf nine, because I like to go out and golf sometimes before I go to work in the morning. Uh, I golf nine, I golf 47 one day, and then like three days later, I golf to 60. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm still in that terrible golfer range, but I'm, I, I look like I know what I'm doing a little bit more, albeit my swing's probably pretty ugly. So, all right, I'm going to shut the hell up here. I will be back next week to talk some more lacrosse. I'm, not, I'm just going to do Sunday mornings uh, through the fall into the winter and we won't get back to the two two shows a week until later on so uh sorry for being rusty i will get better again and i will get back in the groove again here but uh, as always thank you for watching thank you for listening you can go to laxfactor.com get some swag uh just watch the videos there if you want to and you'll always know what's going on and uh, that is it hoost is out the lax factor podcast